0: everyone welcome back to lifting coast we got a special guest today in house in studio um and before i introduce her i gotta say that i know we put out an episode last week but summer break sucks it really does suck but moving on i got my guy Hong next to me aka skips and i've got morgan our newest formula one Fan who's adopted to the ways she said it was lame, but hey, that she never said it was lame, she just I said, did. She, did you actually say it? She I said was, it was really lame.
1: anti formula one, were you
2: okay? So, because I just remember you saying you're not a fan, I don't remember you saying it was lame, but okay, all right,
1: no, I thought it was really lame, but I I've changed i'm on the bandwagon now
0: so we've got morgan mudge on the show today with us morgan is a team member here at title league uh she has i don't want to say conform to formula one because that's a very very harsh statement <laughs> but you know i think that she's heard us talk about it long enough that she decided to open up no, drive to no
2: no 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 she just watched
0: drive to survive
2: it had nothing to do with us did it
1: no, yeah, I ran into things to watch. And I am a huge fan of sports documentaries. And I remember everyone telling me about it. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I probably won't like it. But here I go.
2: Here you go. And here we are today. So, before we even dive into draft to Formula 1, what are some of your favorite sports documentaries? Ooh. Last Dance, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, I, I... Okay, I really liked The Last Dance. Unpopular opinion. I found it sometimes very hard to follow. Okay. with how much it jumped back and forth. Um, The Allen Iverson one is really good. The one about him.
2: That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I agree.
1: I'm blanking now. What about cheer? Oh, cheer is good. Yeah, I mean, nobody in the office
2: wants to watch cheer. Like, I don't get it. Like, I've told them like a million times. Like, it's actually a... uh, It's probably the hardest sport. You got to do like a triple flip in the air, sprain your ankle, and get right back on. It's disgusting.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And they train. Like, it's insane how much they train, but I, I watched Cheer in COVID. It was one of those things. I was like, I probably won't like it too. And then I ended up really liking it. So,
2: Anyways, let's, drive into, let's jump into let's the episode. Jump in. Let's jump in. So <laughs> we've always been talking about it. Some of viewers heard on our last episode that we've already tainted you mm-hmm. with Max Verstappen. How do you feel about Max as an individual? Forget all the you know controversy around him. Would you be a fan if there's no controversy around him?
1: Yeah, totally. Because I initially in the first episode, when I was watching the first season, I I really liked him. Like I th- I liked how competitive he was and I I liked his like a bit of arrogance. I honestly thought maybe he was a, mis- a bit misunderstood. Maybe people just had the wrong idea of him. Um, I didn't know nothing about him personally and I just thought he was really good. Uh, and I thought when I came into the office, it'd be like a popular opinion to like Max Verstappen. <laughs> and then immediately everyone was like, Ew.
0: <laughs> so set the stage for us, Morgan. Like, when did you start watching Drive to Survive? And where are you right now?
1: Where oh, I just started season four last night. I binged like three episodes last night. Um, and I think I started it like just over a week ago.
0: Holy. So in one week, you've <laughs> consumed over three seasons. You're on a season four. Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, you've said a lot of drivers are Come across as squares.
1: Yeah. Please
0: elaborate. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> like just boring. Like for example, I find George Russell really square. The
2: disrespect. Like the disrespect.
1: Just like he's square though. Tall, skinny, like kind of nerdy looking. <laughs> it's the square. Like you would look at him and you would never think, "Wow, that guy's a really great athlete. He's a really great Formula One driver." Like but he's who just do you square. look at?
2: Who do you look at? That you see that? I feel like all Formula One drivers look very plain human. Apparently not max. That's No, but hear me out. Hang on. Wait, wait a minute. They're all short.
1: No, totally. relatively,
2: They all look very normal. None of them are really muscular because you can't be too muscular in a Formula right. One car. Right. Remember every single, what is it? Five pound, uh, Five pounds adds an extra two-tenths to your lap times.
1: Yeah, I had to look it up. Why are they all so skinny? It's a very popular Google search. Yeah,
2: because literally you lose lap time and that's important, right? So yeah. the whole thing is like, does any driver actually look like an athlete to you?
1: Some of them, here's the thing. Some of them though, no. I would say none of them really look like athletes. Max Verstappen, a little bit. He's like kind of built, I'd say.
0: Lewis Hamilton's the most built on the grid. I would say Lewis Pierre and Carlos Sainz
2: all look like yeah. athletes. Carlos yeah. Sainz to me does not, but I'm like… He's I, I, shredded.
1: Yeah, I but, like Carlos. But, but I
2: think so. I think George is shredded too. He's just a little bit skinnier. George is shredded. But he's just
1: skinny. But here's the, here's my other thing. Like a lot of them are short and skinny and whatever. But they some of them have really funny personalities that like make them not square. Like it makes them super interesting, really funny. But George I just Fine doesn't have that. <laughs> hey, man. His jokes don't land. His jokes don't he, land.
2: He's not a funny guy. I agree with that. He's my favorite driver on the grid. Just everybody on the, that's listened to this podcast knows that. But
0: future of Mercedes right there. The so rank, rank your top three most likable
1: drivers. Okay. Number one, Lando Norris. He is so funny. sweet and funny. I really like him. Well, he's, he's the most marketable sweet.
2: guy in F1. I mean, the thing is… Yeah. is People love Lando. I don't think there's a single person I've ever met that doesn't like Lando Norris.
1: No, that is like every time I ask, it's a popular one. I also you said
2: he's sweet though. He that is
1: just so sounds sweet. like he's this little
0: baby. <laughs> he looks like a nice <laughs> he little looks British like he's boy. Like
1: 13. I know.
0: I listen, I am all I'm with you both. I agree <laughs> on that, but I don't think it's a compliment. What do you <laughs> I mean? Think it's a compliment. Do you want to be called mean or you want to be called sweet? Okay. Continue. So we got Lando at number one.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Pierre Gasly. I don't know why. Something about him. I just like him. I felt really bad for him when he got kicked out of Red Bull. And then I think ever since then, I've just been cheering for him. And then my last one is Charles Leclerc. I just really like him. I
2: thought you said Charles was boring. Charles is a square. He is I, totally
1: a square, but I like him.
2: Yeah. So like last week, just so everybody knows, Morgan's like Charles Leclerc is boring. So now as you've progressed, now you like him.
1: Yeah, because I I like Ferrari.
2: Wow, we got a Ferrari fan in the house. Are you declaring Ferrari as your team right now?
1: No, I'm not. I'm just saying that I... Here's the thing. I've been jumping back and forth between teams, but I am against being a Mercedes fan just because <laughs> I don't want to jump on the Van wagon. <laughs> um, what are your Lewis
0: Hamilton thoughts? Not that he's in Drive to on, Survive a lot, but, but, whoa, but whoa, I need whoa, to do this. Wait.
2: So, are you declaring you are
0: not a Mercedes
2: fan? You're against Mercedes right now?
1: Yeah, I cheer against them. Kurt,
2: is soul is burning right now. <laughs> he is upset right now. That's fine. A, I want to hear who the you team what? is. I almost thought he was wearing a Mercedes hat, but he's wearing his Tide League hat because he has a white <laughs> Mercedes hat. For everybody that knows, Kurt's a diehard Mercedes fan. I mean, I wouldn't say diehard. We'll find out when they suck if he's diehard, but he claims to be a diehard Mercedes fan. I will say that, um, you know... Mercedes is great, Morgan, in terms of like… They've had the result. But they haven't always been on top. Mm-hmm. Right? They just started dominance in They've dominated right?
0: in the last era.
2: Realistically, like Ferrari is the bandwagon team… Because Ferrari is the most like… storied team in all of Formula 1. They yeah. have the most championships. You know, even Lewis… Every single driver on the grid is probably said… Like at a certain age point… That they want to drive for Ferrari. Because it has that prestige. And you got guys like Michael Schumacher… Which is the GOAT beside Lewis Hamilton… Whichever one you throw in… He made it popular to drive for Ferrari in terms of like its ultimate prestige. But, you know, the interesting thing is, is like now people think that of Mercedes because like George Russell, you know, Lando Norris, those guys grow up like, yo, I want to drive for Mercedes because, you know, eight years ago, Lando Norris was, I think, 20, I mean, 13. Lando What's
0: is this? a Max Verstappen fan, just saying.
2: I, he's friends with Max. There's a difference. And we we're talking about this, too. Like, you know, I was talking to you this when we we're walking for lunch one day is. You know, they're all friends because they grew yeah. up racing each other, which is very interesting dynamic, too. It's, it's until the dynamic
0: turns like Nico and Lewis Nico
2: and Lewis, which you know, I'll have to send you that documentary. But let's get back to Kurt's question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Lewis Hamilton?
1: I really like him. Like, I actually think he's a very likable person, but I just cheer against him when he's racing. but wow. i I like him a lot. I think he's I like everything that like I'm in the po- point of season four where he's like, I'm gonna use my platform to make change. And I was like, that's awesome. You should. He's a great person. I just cheer against him. Cause he's <laughs> so good. <laughs>
2: and oh, is he square and bland?
1: No, I find him like interesting because he's really like I don't know what the proper term is, but he like is about like the vibes and like, you know. Peace and love. Yeah.
2: He's on his yeah. Peace Love Unicorn tour. Is he's
1: that what tattooed, it's called? He's
0: no, got that's, jewelry that's on. Oh. He's he's definitely the best. R- Best dressed driver. Probably the best dressed athlete in the world.
1: He does. He can dress. He can really dress.
2: Let's have this conversation because, you know, Morgan, your favorite athlete of all time is Sue Bird, right? Yes. And she dresses well, I would say. Very well. How do you guys feel about an athlete having a stylist? Like, are they really the best dressed if they have a stylist?
0: Do you think Lewis is stylist driven? He
2: has a stylist for sure. There's no way Lewis can… Record music, be an F one driver, do all these initiatives, but not have a stylist. Together,
0: I think. I think there's of not my point. If you have
2: a stylist, are you the best dressed because it's not your style?
1: I think so because I see a stylist also as the fact that like these athletes don't have time to go shopping by themselves. Like a stylist knows what your style is, what you like, and then they kind of have to do the dirty work of going to get those. And I think
0: look at what Lewis did at the Met Gala this year. Lewis is obviously very. You mean, last you mean last year? Fashion Ford.
2: You mean last year? Was it, it last?
0: Like- yeah, I, I don't know. if It was this the year. The Met Gallery
2: happened again this year. There was another Met Gala that happened, but regardless of that, I think Lewis is fashionable. But I, can, I, I, I have a hard time declaring anybody the best dress when they have a stylist. That's my
0: whole thing. We'll have to get Lewis on the pod to figure yeah. that we'll out. We'll have to get Lewis on the pod. Lewis so- and
1: his right hand girl angela
0: angela cullen so
2: tell us a story about your dad and angela <laughs> so just so our listeners know
1: <laughs> Yeah, so my dad clearly has no idea what i do at work and he we were out to dinner and i didn't even know that he liked watching formula one he was also another one that told me to watch drag to survive and he goes you know who you should have on the podcast lewis hamilton's right hand woman angela and i was like Hold on. There were so many things that just happened in that sentence. <laughs> how do you know who Lewis Hamilton is? <laughs> what podcast are you talking about? And like, yeah. since l- the
0: to Lifting Coast.
1: Yeah. Can you connect me with her? Like, how do you think? <laughs> He's like, well, why don't you send her a message? She seems like really like about the community. And I was like, I don't think she's going to reply to me. <laughs> That's
2: hilarious. So, um, have, so have you talked to your dad about Formula One? Is he like an avid watcher or is yeah. he very casual? He's,
1: uh, he actually sent me a photo the other day. One of his people like that he works with gave him a McLaren hat. I didn't know he was a McLaren fan. Are but you he's...
0: jumping on the McLaren bandwagon? I
1: think I am. I think I am.
0: Morgan, we're on the same team. I feel like that's the easy new, adopte- like, new oh.
1: adoption. Why?
2: Right. They're not the best team. Uh, he, see, he's just a... He just wants everybody to join the Mercedes bandwagon. No, I <laughs> do
0: not want everyone to join the Mercedes bandwagon. But McLaren is led by Lando Norris. They're a the team has a fun color. I know that's so baseline, but when you just look at their branch, like, oh yeah, this looks like a cool but, but team that I want to follow. The made, you made
2: it sound like it's a like it, it's like a like kind of a sheep thing, but McLaren is just they have the most marketable driver on the grid, in my opinion, or at least one of the top. Yeah, three they have marketable one of drivers. the top. They are a fun team in general. Like, although their marketing's a little corny, they do they're post- They're fun. That's they, what I said. They're, they're post- fun.
0: The brand looks good. But my whole point is- I've made just it, noticed a lot of new people who come through it, Drive to Survive. They made And it easy. also, arguably, you know, it does help that through Drive to Survive, everyone gravitates towards the star of the show, Danny Rick, and now Danny he's driving Rick, for them. But Danny
1: Rick I don't like even, Danny Rick. So. hang on, hang on. Look,
2: look, I got to break down that. Danny Rick hasn't even jumped on McLaren yet. She j- its He jumps on in season four when she just started watching.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying it's all part of just building towards this McLaren. But
2: the whole point is you made it sound like it's like everybody's just jumping on this bandwagon. It's McLaren does such a good job of adding new fans. And we're going to throw this out there, too. Um, McLaren will have a big American presence because of Zack Brown and McLaren. Agreed. So they're going to automatically, I assume, have more American fans or Western fans than...
0: I'm enough. all for it. I think McLaren is a great brand
2: yeah he's a hater yeah i'm he's not Mercedes a hater all day
0: but i want to ask you this morgan so um why don't you like danny rick
2: that's a good question right
0: yeah I, okay we'll we get to danny rick because there's a lot to unpack <laughs> with danny rick but coming back to now this formula one side of things so you find out your dad's a fan mm-hmm. you are now through season four we're in the middle of summer break
1: mm-hmm.
0: are you like looking forward to race weekend
1: I am. Actually, I've been, I follow like all my favorites on Instagram and they're all posting. So excited to get back on the track. And I'm like, me too. Me too. Where's the next race? So we're going to
0: have to do race weekend together if that's in the cards. But when you start following these individuals, because when I look at other sports, obviously Mm -hmm. I follow the NBA. Yeah. um, And I follow a lot of sports, but I I would say I, I watch a lot of basketball our world lives in basketball, it's a lot harder to keep up with 450 athletes. Yeah, It's a lot harder to keep up with 140 athletes in the W. Mm -hmm. When there's only 20 drivers, you almost feel like you have a personal connection to some of them.
1: No, really. There's like this level
0: of proximity. And then on socials, I find like they are way more open to like their life as opposed to just posting the cool stuff.
1: Yeah. They all do like I follow Pierre and he's like always posting like photos. What do you delts? think of his
0: trip to Greece?
1: I looked so nice. It made me want to go he to he Greece. He is such <laughs> a
0: thirsty individual. <laughs> I know. Okay, I we're love not gonna call Pierre
1: gassy, thirsty,
2: okay? We're not gonna do that because Pierre's gonna hop on a show. The one pictures day. from Greece, but he the, knows what he's
1: doing. <laughs> on, the,
2: on the flip side though, like they live in Europe, so that's so normal for them.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy. Like I
2: like we I live Europe,
1: vicariously through their Instagram. Here's the
2: thing: they love America because America's like the foreign side, where Europe's like a foreign side for us. So it's yeah. so interesting for that dynamic. But even Kurt said this too, and we had this discussion. I had discussion with you, Morgan. Is you know Formula One is like a four-hour commitment every race week, which mm-hmm. may is only tw- twenty-two times a, a year out of fifty-two weeks. So yeah. it's a lot easier to follow the sport than it is to follow, say, the NBA, where there's eighty-two games. Right? That's the very interesting about thing about Formula One is just. There's so much more in terms of, um, I guess, concentrated performance and concentrated uh, games or traps. Yeah, I mean, you don't
0: have to be like, oh, my God, I got to watch a game every other night. Or in mm-hmm. baseball, it's every night. Like, it's it's easy. I, I don't want to say it's easy, but to be a casual fan, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to follow. It's Definitely. De- but I will say this, Morgan, as you continue to progress...
2: And obviously, you know, we're a resource if you ever need. But <laughs> to be like a diehard fan and understand, that's when it gets complex. I don't think people understand that. Because, you know, I'm not going to name any names on this podcast. But someone said to me, why is Williams not as fast as Mercedes? They have the same engine. Well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way because of aerodynamics and everything else. But it's very the interesting. Because even like, you know, you, you talk about Pierre Gasly, right? We had that conversation about why is Pierre getting kicked out of Red Bull. You know, You know, Max has such a different driving style than any other driver in the grid. He likes Mm -hmm. an unstable car in the front when it comes out of high-speed corners. No other driver likes that. That's a very awkward trait.
1: Mm -hmm. But because
2: Max Verstappen thrives in such a gray area, he's so good at driving because those uncomfortable areas he excels at. So it's like, you know, I know you talked about it, but tell us, like, what, what are you enjoying about it? So they can hear from your perspective.
1: Well, when I first started watching the show, like, it freaked me out when they would go to the camera of the actual driver and when they're like getting so close to the car in front of them and then it's like just a little quick swerve around. Like, I was like, oh my God, I can't even parallel park. Like, (laughs) I was so, like, I don't know any of the signs and I'll be like one of the first people to admit like I know nothing of the tactics of Formula 1. But I like that it's a sport that I can watch and still really enjoy not knowing those things. Because like sometimes when I watch other sports, I get really frustrated that I don't understand all the rules. Like obviously not when I play watch basketball. I know everything about basketball. So But like getting into new sports, I find it really difficult. So I like that Formula 1, I can enjoy all those things not knowing the tactics.
0: There's definitely levels to the complexity. We started the podcast early on talking about, oh, you know, they, they're short and skinny, but there's a level of athleticism mm-hmm. because you're facing crazy amounts of gravity. Yeah. Like the regu- an, a regular person has a high chance of passing out because I know, it's you're crazy. going through corners at crazy speeds and there's gravity. Like we live on Earth, there's gravity. Like you yeah. are going to face extreme levels of gravity. S- also, you will lose weight every single race in water weight. You know, that's why the first thing they do is yeah. when they get out of the car, they weigh themselves. Yeah. I
1: was wondering why they hop on the scales. You five to seven
2: kilos per race. You lose about, what, 10 pounds,
1: I guess? Yeah, Jeez.
0: 10, anywhere from, give or take. Five to 10 pounds per It could be, some drivers might be less, some drivers might be more. But the reality is, it's extremely difficult. And mm-hmm. although they're not like, maybe jacked like in other sports, they their training regimen is a lot different. And there's also a lot of like, reaction time yeah. and mental training. That and then perception. like, it's also a sport where, you can die.
1: Yeah. They're like a different breed of people. Like, to not, it's crazy because I just watched the episode where Romaine Grosjean like goes through the wall, Burst into flames. Yeah. Like, and all of them are like, well, you just have to compartmentalize it. And I was like, I would be traumatized for weeks if that yeah, was me. Back the the thing
0: is,
2: like, you know, we always say it, they're like gladiators and warriors, right? Like, y- you have to be different to run run into a car that goes 300 kilometers an hour and you have to trust everybody else on the grid so you know i want to throw this out to you right when you think of this sport it is dangerous that's the reality of it right yeah and one thing that i guess for you just as a fan they all follow regulations so it's like in certain corners you have to yield Mm -hmm. it's no different than driving on the road so that's a really interesting thing and then you have people that don't care, like Max. Yeah. Max is overly aggressive, so you'll see him get into the accidents. And speaking on Kurt's point, like, you know, Max gets into an accident that he goes 50 Gs into a wall. Oh
1: my gosh. And
2: then he comes back, and not the next week, but he races in two weeks. I guess weeks. she'll
0: see that in season four. She'll
2: see that soon. It's coming up. But the Grosjean
0: piece, like, I was watching that race live in real time. Yeah. Like, in the real time, I just remember like I was like almost like shaking. I'm like, this guy's dead. I know. And the fact that there's he walked no, out no of that way. is ridiculous. And well, you hear all the drivers on the radio like oh, like everyone. It's a community that's so small because they realize like there's only 20 of us and we're the 20 best in the world. Yeah. There's probably less
2: than like a thousand F1 drivers in all of its history.
0: Probably less than 500, to be honest with you. Oh, I, I'll, I'll give you the number because I, it came I think up. there's probably
2: only about 400 drivers that's always, that's ever touched the grid. It's been around for 70 years. They probably all have a 10 year Yeah, probably about like 400 to 600 drivers that's ever touched the grid. Yeah. And well, been consistent. Yeah. So there's a couple of terms. Okay. While Kurt's looking that up, the paddock.
1: Yeah. That's like the garage. Garage. Basically.
2: And don't, and I say 771 track sometimes too, drivers, but it's called the grid.
1: The grid. Well, that's yeah. where you start.
2: The grid yeah. is where you start. Okay. It's very interesting. Like, we say stuff different, right? Like they have like different terms, and it, you know, we got an American taste on mm-hmm. it. Like they're like, it's very slippy outside, and we just die because of the <laughs> of just the.
0: Seven hundred and seventy-one drivers all time. So
2: there you go. We have we have eight hundred total drivers I've ever touched an F one grid, which is absolutely an insane number. Yeah,
1: I just learned yesterday. This is so embarrassing. What pole position is? I didn't realize like the first person gets like their own lane essentially. It's
0: well, somewhere. yeah. I mean, you're you gonna just be learning now. There's so, all like, yeah.
2: I mean, there's a couple terms, you know. As we educate, is there's the front row, which is P1, P2.
1: Mm-hmm, I knew that.
2: And then there's obviously the back of the grid, which is the back, and you can just do a pit lane start though. So, so, like, you know, for our casual fans that listen, or anybody that's getting into the sport that might come across this podcast, is you know, f ones an easy sport to follow. But as you get more into it, there's so much more that goes into it, and you just fall in love with the sport. Like, yeah. And I'm glad that. You're now on on the train because you know we talk about it all on Mondays. You know me, Peter and Kurt, and then you you guys are you and Keegan are trying to like blankly stare like what's going on. But now you can enjoy it with us, which is great. Yeah,
1: no, I'm really excited to how the rest. How many more races are there left?
2: Nine. Okay, there's nine left for the season.
0: Red it Bulls. runs typically like from preseason testing as early as late February right through to December. Oh wow! This year ends in Fe- November. Though. November, it's really yeah. strange. So it's a very you know, it's it's all year. They've got the summer break in the middle, which is a mm-hmm. month off. And then they have another month and a half between December through January.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So I only got a couple more questions. I don't know if Kurt does. How do you feel about Monaco? Because I'm sure
2: that's been draw, like,
1: picked oh, up in. I love Monaco. I also have been there when they were setting up for the Grand Prix. And now I feel like at the time, I didn't appreciate it at all. I was like, what is this? And I remember I bought this like keychain that said Monaco Grand Prix for my dad. And now I'm like, where's the keychain? I need it. I want it. I like feel a connection to Monaco.
0: Now, listen, that's going to be interesting. Have you when told you watch- any of your friends that you've started watching this or are you watching it with anyone?
1: Yeah. Well, my roommates like came home last night and they're like, that sound… Like the sound of the car… Is so irritating. <laughs> and then I'm like… Just sit down and watch it. You'll, yeah. you'll get over it. And then by the end of the night… We were all watching it in the living room. And they're like… This is really good!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh that… Listen… The cars back then used to have such like nice sounds. And a lot of purists hate the new cars… Because they're only twin-six hybrid engines. Mm-hmm. That's sorry, are V six hybrid engines because they used to be V twelves, V tens, V eight, like okay. gas guzzlers, right? So, you know, we're gonna talk about it probably early next week, but now they have to go through engines that are fully sustainable fuel. Mm-hmm. So they're gotta be fully like good for no, I wouldn't say good for the environment, but is it is that the right word?
0: I, yeah, I, I mean that one's moving research. to a sustainable net model carbon zero model. Yeah. Um, at- and they're not going electric because there's another electric series, they're moving to alternative fuels. Oh, okay. And you know, the
2: crazy thing is like, as you dive into this, there's, there's so many different racing series. There's obviously F2, which you've heard about, which mm-hmm. is a junior series. F3, there's IndyCar, there's, you know, Le Mans series. There's the W series, which is the women's, which is I always try to watch it as well. So it's just interesting. like the racing is such a fun sport because anybody can watch it and mm-hmm. have an idea of how it works. You can't watch football and be like, well, I know all the rules. Yeah, Racing is who the hell gets the finish line first that's what it comes down to
0: more what do you think of just the level of money involved and complexity of oh yeah we're going to race in monaco today and then we're going to go to mexico tomorrow
1: i know it's crazy like i remember early in the first season they were talking about how ferrari or something has like over 500 million dollar budget
0: yeah so is mercedes
2: yeah and stupid
1: it's just crazy to even picture that kind of money like i don't even i can't even comprehend it So,
2: so speaking on that when you look at a team like Haas that might have a $100 million budget. Yeah. How do you feel about the competitive balance?
1: I mean, I feel like sometimes you'd have to like look at it and be like, okay, if you put a driver in a different car, like would they win too? I mean, that would, that's what I was thinking about early on. I'm like, if they're spending so much more money and it makes that much difference, like is it the driver or is it the car?
2: Okay. So that's a fair statement. I very love fair. that. I, that's very fair statement. So let me ask you this. How come Valtteri Bottas… You know Valtteri Bottas has to mm-hmm. business Lewis Hamilton.
1: I, don't they make him… Lewis pass him a lot?
2: That's because Lewis has, has better pace. Yeah. Lewis is faster on the track and he, and he has fresher tires. So like mm. these things all matter. So a couple of things that matter is tire management. Who's actually good at tire management. So Lewis is so good at tire management. They call him the tire whisper because his tires last forever. Interesting. Lewis ran and you'll figure out in one of these races, he ran 40 laps and was dominating a race on hard tires. Like, he dominated it. But, so there's, there's tires, there's pace, but, at the same time, it's like, can you beat your teammate?
1: Yeah. If like you can't the, beat your teammate, why are we even having comparison. discussion? Like,
2: you know, Danny Ricardo wants to say he's the best driver. He could win a championship in a right car. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't even beat Max when he's on Red Bull consistently. He can't even
0: beat Lando Norris. So, why yeah. is he even having that conversation?
1: Definitely. It might be like an excuse. Everyone
0: always will say for sure if you take this driver and put them in that. Of course, that's like scenario one. Put them in a better car. Yeah. Okay. But the first order of business is in the same car, can you consistently beat your teammate? Yeah. So there, of course, when you look at teams, there's a salary cap now, which I still don't fully believe in. But this sport has always been a sport that if you have the most money, in theory, you should have the best car. Mm-hmm. And how could it be fair with a team that spends over a half billion and a team that doesn't even spend a hundred million or yeah. struggles to? So it's like, yes, the cars are not even fair. But it also takes a great driver to get the most out of that car. When you look at Max, like he is, drives a car that most drivers think are crazy and unstable. Look at Pierre Gasly. They pulled him out of it because he didn't trust the car. Yeah. But the car is faster than every other car on the grid. No. Mercedes,
2: still has a faster one. car. one, yeah. but
0: the well, rebel no, car it's was not
2: the fastest car. It's the fastest car with Max behind it. Exactly, car with Max. So max that's
0: what it. you have to look at in all of this. Is there is it takes two to tango. You need mm-hmm. a great car and you need a great and driver. The
2: like Morgan, I, like as you continue to watch a sport, you know some drivers are great at racing. So there's qualifying. So v- Valtteri Bottas is a great qualifier. Yeah, on one single lap when your fuel is low and you have to hit all the right corners. He's a great driver, mm-hmm. but are you a great racer? Can you duel with someone? Can you overtake someone? Pressure, yeah, like make yeah. risk. Like, are you, are you taking calculated risk? Are you are, are you in the psyche of your opponent where you're like, hey, I'm gonna go go out the inside, pull out the outside, and have more speed coming out the outside, and then pass you there. So it's like that's where the re- that's where you really understand who's a good driver. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see this year, but like you obviously know George Russell's a Mercedes driver because you know you're following him now. But you know, there's a huge debate between Valtteri Bottas versus. Versus George Russell last year, okay. Because everybody's like, "Well, Valtteri Bottas is consistent. He's this. He's that." But he's not a world championship level driver. Mm. So that's why like they gamble on someone like George, which you'll find out why. But like George makes risk. I'm sure you've seen him get into accidents. But you know, as you continue to grow more, you're gonna listen to like George Russell's uh, podcast, and you know his. Uh, did you, you saw his accident in, in Imola right when Where he just crashed happened. into Valtteri? He crashed or- into. No, you haven't seen that yet. But no, anyways, you'll think, figure it out. Yeah. But, he speaks about like… You know… I guess I'm just kind of tangent. But it's so interesting t- teaching someone stuff like this. Like you know that the difference in standings gets you millions of dollars?
1: Like personally, you win millions? As a team. Oh, I did not know that. So I thought get, it was just the point.
2: If you get first, I believe you're paid out $80 million by F1. Oh, wow. If you get second, you're paid out like sixty, And then it kind of declines. So like drivers like George Russell… He'll talk about on a podcast that getting one point that would put him ahead of a team… Means the world because it literally gets you… An extra three million dollars.
1: That's crazy.
2: Yeah, so
0: that's kind of how it works. So
2: it's it's such an interesting sport. But I know we. What do you think of
0: Valtteri Bottas?
1: I haven't seen much of him. Like they did like a little one episode on him. I think in the when, third when season, He had
2: to give up. He had to give up the position. Yeah, he
1: there, seems I remember like-
0: there's a part where Valtteri's that is like home in like Finland and like yeah. the spa. Yeah. Very random.
1: Very random.
0: He's not a Valtteri fan anymore. He used to be Valtteri's biggest supporter.
1: But why you're not a Valtteri. fan of?
0: it's not that I'm not a fan of him George Russell is the future of Mercedes and I'm happy I'm a Mercedes fan but I'm still I still think Valtteri is a good driver he's just not a championship driver he used to be a diehard Valtteri fan that they should never get rid of Valtteri a couple things we still have talked about that we haven't talked about on the pod so Danny Rick why don't you like Danny Rick
1: um I feel like he just tries too hard to be funny and so like, like he's a try-hard? Yeah, like, he wants to be the guy that everyone's like, oh, he he's the funny one. And he's, but, like, tries really hard. And I'm like, Lando's just naturally funny.
2: I think everybody loves Danny Rick, though.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, like, a pretty unpopular opinion.
2: Yeah, it is. It definitely... Danny Rick is, like, the star of Drive to Survive. Like, that, like...
0: Big energy, charismatic,
1: he, yeah. people he's,
2: like him. Yeah, he he's, he's the face of F1 in terms of for Drive to Survive. Like, remember, the first episode was on him. Yeah. Because they love him. Um, quick quick question to fire at you before I let her go. What do you think of Gunther Steiner?
1: Oh my god, he's so funny. I love that Gene, guy. Gene, <laughs> <laughs> he He's just like, the way he reacts to situations, it's fucking so bullshit. funny. Fucking <laughs> bullshit. He
2: let me look like fucking wankers.
1: <laughs> I know, and his accent, and he's always like smiling and laughing. He's, he's funny. We love Gene.
0: Uh, yeah. Gunther, uh, uh, not, Gene. not Gene. We love Gunther. Okay. Um, Aston Martin or Racing Point. Lance Stroll
1: Oh God. Talk
0: to me. Kurt's favorite second favorite team on the grid. We're gonna make that very clear on here. Talk to me about daddy and and daddy's little boy.
1: That's like I can't believe that at a level like that where there's so few people in the world, your dad can buy your way onto a team. But and you like can't? Well, I just it's crazy. Like that is the highest level of that motorsport in the world. It's a and- lot of
0: drivers that have bought their way into F one. He's not the only one. But so it's is Checo. just but he's so che- Checo bought his way too.
1: It's so like apparent. So
0: that's just, why you gotta show love to Lewis because he's trying to make the sport more. So, inclusive. Let, let's, yeah. let's break this down quickly, right?
2: So are you a fan of Checo now? Because I know you said he was very boring before.
1: I he's at Red Bull now. I like he's good. He did really well. And He's likable, right? Yeah, like, you,
2: you can't dislike Checo. So I just wanted to ask you that. So and let me ask you this. Lance Stroll did win Formula Three. Right? Yeah, and but he didn't
1: jumped, do Formula 2, didn't he? He jumped
2: straight from Formula 3 to Formula 1.
1: Yeah, that's not the pattern though, So
2: here's the thing, there's two things… There, it is not the pattern, but there's two, Max jumped from Formula 3 as well.
1: Yeah, but Max is Max winning. Max
2: is Max. But here's… Max is also in a better car. Lance has never been in a great car. But also, Lance has never beat his teammate. But that aside, you know, Morgan, I want to put this in perspective, and I want to hear your opinion on it. Is mm-hmm. if his dad's giving 80 million dollars to a team, which helps you develop the car, and you know what? He might not be one of the best 20 drivers on the grid. I think he belongs on the grid. That's just my personal opinion. Does he not… Would you rather have the $80 million and the 25th best driver on the, in the world? Or would you rather have the 15th best driver and no $80 million that come with it? I mean… develop your
1: car. Yeah. I think… And that, When you put it like that obviously but it's like the principle for me. It's like the same thing as like when you're a kid and you get cut from a basketball team or something. And then your parent goes and like complains then all of a sudden the kid's on the team the next week. Like it's like… <laughs> that's but how that's it pictures just it the world me. we
2: live in right? But, but here's the difference though. I, the, here's the clear difference. This is what I really want to point out. At the end of the day that 80 million dollars makes your car better. So yeah. it can make up the difference of him being the 25th best driver and you being the 15th best driver right? Like, th- you have to understand, like, it is a whole sport, and I want to sign off with this. What do you think of Formula One as a team team sport? Like, before you think it's just racers, but mm. now you think about, it, there's thousands of employees back in the factory that have to make your car fast. Yeah. Aerodynamics, engine, chassis,
0: Um, then durability. everyone who's there on race weekend, and the people in the pit stop who have to change the tires, and if they make oh a mistake, gosh. the pressure they're under. Yeah, like, I know. if you go, if, if you double your time,
2: because you could be up by a second on and, and you're in first place, but if your pit takes an extra two seconds, you just lost that place. Yeah. So now that you like kind of understand stuff, do you are you just intrigued by how much? I guess like what is it? There's all these things that make intertwine this ecosystem that make a team run. Yeah. Make a team successful.
1: I am so fascinated by the jobs of the engineers and like all the technology and the and science. The people that, talking
0: to the driver on yeah. the radio.
1: And like their their strategic plan of like, okay, we're going with plan A, plan B everything like the pit wall. I find all of that like really, really interesting. And I would love to know the type of technology that's in each of these cars. But I know that's probably pretty secret information. But it's really cool. I mean, I think at the end of the day though, it's still a bit of an individual sport because the teammates are always like, well, the first person you want to beat is the other one on the team. That's
2: an interesting way to look at it. I still think it's such a team sport. Like that's just my opinion. What do you think?
0: Well, yeah, it is. I think it's a team sport because um, sure, your teammate and yourself, there's always gonna be that level of competing. But you've got your engineer who's like your immediate coach. Who's mm-hmm. out your the and then you have to like determine, you know, are you going to always trust your engineer? Sometimes drivers have to override their engineer and make their own calls. Yeah. Um, and then you got to work with everyone to develop this car. So yeah. I think it is definitely a team sport. A lot of people, and I feel like you were maybe in the same boat before, it's like, oh, they just go around in circles. Like, what do you say to that?
1: I mean, I was definitely that person that's like, that's so lame. So and Just give it a shot. Watch Drive to Survive first and then get into it. Drive
0: to Survive is winning every day in creating us the desirability to attract new it people to the loses sport. And also, just by yeah. creating fake narratives. And all then, the time. people <laughs> who love the sport hate Drive to Survive. So, it's a love-hate I hate love hate relationship. You love it because it brings in yeah. more people, but you hate it because it also drives the entertainment side. So, I'm going to do a little spoiler for you
2: on this year because obviously, you're going to watch some races. So just to give you context, mm-hmm. team sport, and, I'm, and you're not wrong. It could be individual, it could be team, it's just whatever you look at it. Ferrari has failed Charles Leclerc on strategy and the car just not being reliable multiple times this year, or he'd be fighting for a world champion. He'd be probably number one. Really? Yes. So you, you, you'll dive into it as as the year goes on, but okay. Ferrari has absolutely been abysmal this year with strategy. They've pitted him wrong. They've had weird strategies for him. The the Ferrari engine has been unreliable, so... It is very interesting to see because, you know, Charles has been great this year. Mm-hmm. Me and Kurt have both said Charles has been a world-class driver, but he's not fighting for much. He's about 80 points behind because of his team.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the standings recently. Yeah, so he's Max a very is interesting year.
2: And Max's team has been great. They've yeah. always had him on… I, I, has Max's team made a single mistake other than reliability? No. Like, all their pit strategies have been pretty been, accurate, they've right? They've been
0: pretty perfect all they've year. They've
2: been really good. And their Red Bull too is one of the best pit teams. They typically have the fastest stop. Like, The new era is different but like before this year they always had the fast stop at like 1.8 seconds. Most teams are 2.2 to 2.6. That's
1: crazy. So So the
0: first race back is in Belgium at a track called Spa. Mm
1: -hmm. Spa
0: is like this historic track that's extremely dangerous. It has crazy elevation gains
1: and declines. It always
0: rains.
1: Yeah. Always. So
0: that's going to be the first race back.
1: I know. I'm excited.
2: So give us your prediction for the first race. Are you picking Max, Charles, Lewis? Who are you going with?
1: Um, I don't know if I'm like enough brushed up on this season to make an accurate. Yeah, I think judge. that's a tough
2: one. You I want just, to just, just hear closing remarks. Okay, so the
1: two favorites, I'll go. I'll say Max.
2: Okay, that, I mean that's it. It's literally Max or Charles. Those are the two. Those are the two logical choices.
1: But if I, I'm cheering for Charles, but I'll say Max. Okay,
0: I, I don't so hate it. What are your it. closing remarks on the pod? So you've come on the pod. You've mm-hmm. been watching Drivers Survive. I think that we could literally talk all day because there's so many things that interest us in just teaching new people,
1: but mm-hmm. we want to hear from you. Um, it's it's not at all what I thought the sport was. So I think like everyone needs to give it a chance. It is a very like exciting sport. There's a lot to it. If you want to watch Drive to Survive first, do that, get into it. But I think it's a sport that everyone can enjoy, even if you're not like into team sports usually
0: from a destination standpoint, you can go to any race in the world, where would it be? Monaco. Okay.
2: I gotta ask you this quick thing before we sign off. Did you watch any of the Silverstone episodes? I think, yeah. Did you not find Silverstone super entertaining?
1: Yeah. It seems like everyone gets really excited for Silverstone.
2: Silverstone is the mecca. It is like Rocker Park or like mm-hmm. MSG. Like, for us, Silverstone, like, for I can speak for both of us. If we had one race in the world, it's Silverstone for us. Silverstone is legendary. And That's you'll find, out. No, like, I'll show you some highlights after like 2019 Silverstone with Charles and Max D'Aleville. That was a great race. This mm. year Silverstone had some legendary moments.
0: So, And I feel like you, as you get through season four you'll see what happens. You'll
2: see what yeah. happens yeah. in Silverstone.
0: Silverstone's legendary. But okay, that being said um, I know
2: Kurt asked for your closing remarks but any last words before we sign out?
1: That's it. That's all I got.
2: Alright so thank you for everybody that tapped in. We appreciate it. And we want to say special thanks to Morgan for hopping on. She's busy. We got her doing a lot of work here but <laughs> she took the time to join me and Kurt on the episode and we'll be back I know we're going to talk about new engine regulation, right? Probably early next week. We'll probably drop mm-hmm. that on a, on a Tuesday. And I we didn't get to our, our Bernie Ecclestone episode. We're supposed to do it.
0: Bernie continues to evade us.
2: I think we're just staying <laughs> away from it.
0: It's a very like deep and like, yeah, crazy, crazy episode. Um, Quick prediction for you before we sign out, Kurt.
2: Does the Oscar Piastri fiasco get figured out before? I've been uh, so watching
0: so much shit on YouTube about it. I've been reading about it. Apparently the consensus amongst team bosses is he's a generational talent, but nobody likes his... Um, attitude? Attitude. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, when you look so at it, the way he's treated Alpine like He should have been in F1 last year. But the reason he's not in F1 and the chance that he may not be in F1 this coming season is because of situations like this. But didn't they say and the same thing about A lot Lewis? of team bosses said this. If a team pours into you and invest in you like Alpine has for as long as they have it's like the unwritten rule that you don't betray them.
2: Yeah but isn't the same thing for Lewis? They have the same like Lewis is hard to work for his attitude blah 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 like Potentially. Like that, that's what it, is, what it is. I will say this last before we sign off would you rather drive for McLaren or Alpine? McLaren. Me too. McLaren. Alright guys we'll see you guys uh, next week. Peace. Peace.
1: Bye.